You're listening to Yes to Employment, a podcast series that seeks to improve competitive integrated employment outcomes for transition-aged youth and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today, Yes to Employment is talking with Daryl Evans, the Deputy Director of the DC Rehabilitation Services Administration, Montreal, Tennessee, the Project Manager of DC Learners and Earners, the Partnerships and Employment Project for the District of Columbia, and Susan Brooks, the Operations Manager at RCM of Washington. The DC Rehabilitation Services Administration and RCM have teamed up to create the DSP Academy, a program to prepare people with disabilities to serve as direct support providers, or DSPs, helping other people with disabilities to live and work in the community. DSP Academy is currently running their second class. We talk with them about how DSP Academy came about, how it works, and their experience with the first two cohorts. yourself for our listeners. In what role do you serve in DDS and what brought you to it? Um, so my name is Daryl Evans and I am the Deputy Director for um, Rehabilitation Services Administration for DDS and that makes me the State Director for the RSA program. And what brought me here is I'm actually the Director of the Disability Determination Division for the district which is the Social Security arm for SSI and SSDI and I was asked to come here and work in the RSA world and kind of champion their efforts to get them on track and get things moving in the right direction. And so Andy Reese asked me, could I come and uh, serve in this role? And here I am. And Susan Brooks, same, same questions. Yeah, so I'm Susan Brooks and I'm the operations manager at RCM of Washington. Um, I. I'm kind of a jack of all trades there because I'm in operations. I have my hand in uh, all of our different programs. And what brought me to this field is, um, one, I am a sibling of a person with a disability. Um, and two, I am the daughter of our CEO. So I've kind of grown up with RCM of Washington in the past 22 years. And Montreal, Tennessee? Um, yes, my name is Montreal, Tennessee. Um, I'm the project manager for the Partnerships and Employment Grant here at uh, DDS, um, and kind of what brings me to the work is I've always worked with transition age youth. Uh, I worked at DCPS on the transition team, and it just brings me joy to be able to bring opportunity to youth because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for someone giving me opportunity and a chance. So uh, I just want to continue to pay that for it. So tell us about the DSP Academy. What is it and how did this idea and partnership between um, between your organization and DC DDS come about? Yeah, absolutely. So the Direct Support Professional Academy, or DSP Academy, um, is a customized vocational training program in which uh, all participants you know, graduate with the certifications and trainings needed to become a direct support professional in the district. Um, and it was kind of the brainchild of our CEO at RCM of Washington. Um, it, it serves multiple purposes. One, we have uh, you know, a lot of folks in the district with disabilities who need to find employment, and that's one of our missions. But additionally, we're in, in a bit of a workforce crisis here um, in our field, and so it's kind of a twofold approach to solving uh, you know, two problems that are out there. And um, 
we were very lucky to have um, you know an innovative government partner that saw the value in doing the work um, of the DSP Academy and were willing to partner with us to get that rolling. From uh, the perspective of DCDVS, how did this partnership come about? I think it just alludes to what uh, Susan has, has just kind of laid out. Uh, it was their innovation to kind of create the program and then for us, being the vocational arm of the district, really our job is to get people's em employment so that they can live as independently as possible. And so um, at least when I was brought into the role and I had an opportunity to visit with um, Susan and their team um, and as they kind of laid out the DSP Academy, you know, it, it just rang true for us. It, it's been a windfall not only for our youth, but they started an adult program here just in the last couple of months and this is something that I'm going to look for them to expand as we move to the future. Um, we're just so proud to be working with their organization because they've been such a great help for us to achieve independence for our folks and really get them on the path to living like everyone else. And, and so that, that's really what we strive to do. And so when they brought the adult idea to the table to us, we just jumped all over it. Um, and again, I, I think it's a great partnership and, and we look forward to it continuing and expanding. And Montrell, how does it relate to the Partnerships and Employment Program? Yeah, so when I, um, when I started joining the team in the conversations, it was very, um, from my grants perspective, it was very important for me to get students uh, with intellectual disabilities involved. Um, and RCM was open to that. Um, so, so open that they did a, a recruitment effort at uh, River Terrace Education Campus, which is a um, fully specialized school. So all the students there, um, have intellectual disabilities, um, there's no inclusion in their program. They have their K through 12 in the Workforce Development Center. And it was, the interview there led to six students from that program um, coming over to RCM and successfully completing the program. Um, and being some of the favorite students when, at, when we had the, uh, the graduation of RCM, you know, the stories they was able to share and the growth they was able to develop over that time, it was, it was great to see. So from my standpoint, it was to make sure that this pr program was reaching all students um, and RCM and RSA supported that to the, the fullest. So what can you tell us about the program? How, um, how do you identify students to join the program? Um, what, do, what sort of training do they get over the course of the, uh, the program? Like what, what, are their, what are their hours? What, how do you, do you do like test prep? Um, what, I don't think people know a lot about what direct support professionals do and what the requirements on them are. So like what skills do they need to acquire to become certified? And then what sort of stuff do you do to help, um, to help with job placement? Absolutely. So a direct support professional is someone that is assisting a person supported with, uh, in our field, with an intellectual and or developmental disability and living their life to the fullest. So that comes with personal care if a person requires that level of care. It comes with community inclusion. It comes with relationship building. And so it's really that this person, you know, that is the direct support professional is really kind of the bridge to the person between themselves and their community. 
and you know to become a direct support professional in the district there's actually a, you know a pretty rigorous uh, uh, trainings that are required and so anything from an introduction to developmental disabilities to health and wellness standards to uh, human rights and incident management as well as multiple certifications such as CPR and first aid and crisis prevention management and so within the Academy um, all participants receive those mandatory trainings and in a more um, you know accommodating way that allows for different learners to, to pick up on the content that's being done and they are tested on that material. But we've also thrown in some additional curriculum that we think would really help to make someone successful in their role of a direct support professional, such as community mapping and activity planning, um, things such as the history of disability rights, um, and uh, some soft skill grooming and professionalism in the workplace. So we've added some additional curriculum that we think will really make them successful in their future careers. And then what about, tell me about like placement. Do you guys do anything to help Absolutely. people find jobs? As Absolutely. So in the last two weeks of the Academy, as we start to wrap up, we have a strong focus on resume development, mock interviews, and applying for positions. So RCM of Washington is a provider in the district, but there are also about 80 others, all within a workforce crisis. So everybody that is looking to recruit uh, direct support professionals, and this is a unique opportunity for providers to have an experience where they're not having to facilitate that orientation for someone, right? They have someone that can literally come in and be individualized, tra individually trained, and then move on into starting in the workforce. And so it's really unique that we've kind of taken, you know, that barrier away from some providers. And, and just to kind of piggyback off of that, I would say that uh, another important part about the initial cohort that we started with, it was an integrated program. So mm -hmm. it had, um, we partnered with DCPS and their um, Career Bridge program in which we um, developed um, with that Career Bridge program in which they paid their students through their DCPS stipend system, but it was a chance to create more, um, I would say through the program, you could tell me, they created like a bond and a friendship where there's a support system there now. Um, there's more um, advocates for um, DSPs and for youth and young adults with disabilities and how to support them and how to come together and work together in the workforce. And that was like really important to see because like if you go sit in a session, which I hope you have a chance to see, um, they were helping each other get through the exams. They were helping each other um, do CPR, you know, get the courage just to speak up and just to see the development from week one to the end of the program, it was great to see them work together. Mm -hmm. And in a, in, a, in a space where there's a lot of movement now in um, direct, direct support professional field to get, you know, higher wages in or more um, recognition as far as like Department of Labor and those type of things, having youth involved in that voice is something that RCM and DDS is like, I think we're on the forefront of, of creating that next generation of DSP professionals to fight the good fight for whatever they want and feel like they deserve. Absolutely, and what you were speaking about, about people really bonding, you know, we've seen that in both cohorts, and I think that's one of the beauty of and why we want to continue to have a smaller cohort. Um, you know, I think that once you get 
too large. You know, we're keeping things between 12 and 15. And I think once you get too large, that some of those um, bonding experiences don't necessarily happen, but also some of that individualized, um, you know, attention uh, can sometimes fall in the wayside. So when did you start, when did you have your first cohort? It's really recently. Yeah, so that, that started in April of this year. And when did they when did they graduate? The end of May. And tell me about the experience of your your inaugural class. What did it take to get it set up? How did it go? What did you learn from the first iteration? Yeah, absolutely. So it you know it obviously was a lot of preparation when you're talking about um, you know creating additional curriculum, um, you know, kind of breaking down different um, uh, trainings into a way that different learners would understand. So there was really a lot of preparation involved. Um, also finding the right folks that would want to be a part of this, right? So one thing that RSA and, and Montreal was able to help us do is help us to identify folks that are really passionate about this work. Um, so that coming in, they already have that passion and therefore their chances of succeeding, of course, you know, increase. Um, and so that was a lot of preparation is, is you know, actually going through applicants and, and figuring out who the best fit is for the program. Um, and then additionally, you know, you're, you always learn things your first time around. Um, and so some things that we learned was, you know, how to help people stay focused and putting, um, you know, things like icebreakers in place and additional breaks and some people prefer to not test in a large group so assuming uh, you know assuring that you have space set up where people can kind of test in private and brings their anxiety down as well as some different accommodations that we can make to uh, our curriculum and our um, testing uh, that we have for the different modules to, to kind of meet everyone's needs. And from the state agency side, and I'm going to um, let Daryl speak more to this, but um, a, we were able to pay the students a, um, um, a stipend to be part of this program. And if you want to share more how that works. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the most invaluable pieces of this, you know, because everybody's motivated by what that paycheck says <laughs> at the end of the day. It just, it, it kind of gives you a sense of independence and worth. And so um, from uh, for our level, um, it was just great to have a program that would actually allow us to fund a stipend, right? Because that's really, our, our real role in this is really to, uh, as RSA, is to have our counselors go through the portfolio, identify folks with disabilities that are looking for this kind of employment and have that passion, and then refer those folks to RCM. And then they do the interview process, make the selections, and then once that is all in place, we kind of set back and make sure that all the funding happens and then they work their magic. They really give people the skill sets, the confidence, and the engagement to really feel the, give them that sense of worth and that they can do what they want to do to be independent. Um, and so selfishly, you know, we put no cap really on what we would like to fund for them and just hearing Susan recapped the success of the first cohort. Um, they've given us updates on what's going on with the adults, and it just stimulates me to say, okay, let's see if we can do more. And so while I appreciate that Susan would like to keep those small 
so that, that it's more engaging. Selfishly, I want you to increase them, <laughs> right? Or have more of them in smaller groups. Um, because there's, there's just so much value. And I would just say, even for the folks that go through it, that at the end of the day feel like, okay, maybe DSP isn't in my bailiwick and this really isn't my passion. What skills they've learned through the RCM program are invaluable. Because again, it leads to another passion of something else. It gives them a sense of this is what work means and this is what it means to, to take a test or be engaged or find some camaraderie and then they find another passion and then it's our job to, to help them achieve that. But I just think holistically the program just brings so much value that I hope that it's duplicated somewhere else as we are on the forefront. And again, selfishly, RCM finds a way to have more classes <laughs> and, and more, more structure for this. Um, so again, for the, for the funding, aspect of it that's what we do you know the Department of Ed certainly gives us the funds to fund these kind of activities and so to that end the stipends are something that I think are tantamount we, we did it for the youngsters and we're, did it, we're doing it for the adults mm -hmm. and so as we expand the program anytime that happens we will make sure that those stipends are in place because it does give you a sense of earnings and independence. Absolutely, and it also, you know, helps with some barriers that folks might have to complete a 120-hour course, such as the cost of childcare, travel, things like that. So it really does set people up for success. And it raises the expectations from the school to the families, um, to, the, to the young people themselves, all the adults themselves. Um, this may be their first job. This may be the first time that they feel that they passed the test, like a, a true certification exam and say, I've, I've done this. And it will kind of elevate and take them to that next level, whether that is a direct support professional or another career, um, as Daryl was sharing. So you're, you're in the midst of your second cohort now. Yeah. And so in this case, you're, you've got a group of adults coming Absolutely. through the program. Tell us about that, that group. Yeah, so they're really a wonderful cohort. I mean, we've both times we've been, and I think that goes to kind of the efforts of, of screening to find the right people who are really passionate about that work, the efforts of RSA and RS, uh, RCM, but it's, it's really been a, an excellent group. And, you know, we have a wide variety of ages. Um, so I think that our youngest participant is 18 and our oldest is 57. So we've got quite a, wi a wide range of, of people in our current cohort, but they've really, really meshed well together and, and bonded and they've definitely um, really are championing each other um, throughout the process. And so, and, and the good thing about this cohort and it's true of the transitional youth as well, but you know this cohort is really um, job driven, right? They're looking for employment. They're not looking for another option to go to. And so I think that we'll really see some significant outcomes coming out of this cohort that I think is gonna be really special. So tell me about the process by which you identify and recruit people for the DSP Academy. Specifically, if uh, somebody is listening to this and would be interested in attending DSP Academy, how would they get involved? Sure, so um, for this cohort specifically, you know, uh, folks are working at with RSA and, uh, you know, their vocational 
counselors and they kind of the first piece was to you know do the the traditional here's some flyers here's some information but then really the counselors took the time to kind of look at their their caseload and look at the people that they're helping to become successful in the workplace and dig down into who has a passion for this who has a career goal in this field and really explain to them and talk to them about what this program is and what a direct support professional is and and what a career looks like in in this field. And so from there, we received a multitude of applications and then RCM kind of starts their screening process. So, um, you know, we do in-person and phone interviews, uh, you know, asking specific questions about, um, you know, someone's passion and future goals and asking questions about you know someone's values of community inclusion and and also you know we want to know about your organizational skills and you know a time that you've completed a project or a goal on your own because we want to ensure that we're you know bringing people in who are going to see this program through so it starts with starts with us um, well it actually starts with RCM because they put together a program and then um, kind of give us the flyers information, the curriculum that they're going to have, and then the counselors are then responsible for scrubbing their uh, portfolios and so identifying on in the IPEs in their in their um, respective portfolios folks that do have a passion for the DSP work. And then what they do is there is an application process that uh, RCM has given to RSA and the counselors would kind of go through the, the advent of filling all that information out and then that is sent to RCM and then they start their screening process. Yeah. So with all due respect to your desire to keep this program mm -hmm. and ex grow it here in mm -hmm. DC, if another state were interested in something like this, what should they know? Where could they learn more? Where could they find out how to do something like this on their own? Yeah, I mean, I would love to see this this idea and concept get replicated. I think that it's, uh, you know, it's it would be beneficial to any any state out there and any in our workforce. And so I think that if people want to learn more about our experiences and what we've done, and that they could definitely contact us here at RCM, and they could contact RSA as well because it really has been a partnership between our two agencies and. I would really love to see the value of this program be replicated throughout the country. Yeah, I would echo that. I mean, that that's one thing about the vocational rehabilitation programs around the nation. Um, it's a very collegial group where we share multitudes of information, whether it's CSAVR conferences or the NRLI conferences, which are leadership conferences for um, the different agencies. This is probably something that will be shared as a success story at the fall CSAVR conference. And then when I'm in San Diego at the leadership conference, we certainly are going to tout this as well. Um, they're all about innovation because, again, the Department of Ed sets metrics for all of us, especially under WIOA for the youth and trans age, transitional age youth. There are metrics that are directly impacted by having a program such as this. And so we all try to make sure that we share this information unilaterally so that if there is a program that is working, um, we share it because we all are going to be able to, to benefit from it. But I think tantamount to that is just how you have impacted that individual's life. At the end of the day, that, that's what we're all here for. And so, again, anyone who wants to do this at a VR state level 
certainly can reach out to us and we will share this information because again, as selfish as I am because I need it to, to be successful in the district, and it is, um, I certainly wouldn't pro prohibit anyone from, from duplicating the model and then making it a success where they are. And ad additionally, we will be presenting in a workshop um, at the TASH conference in December. And uh, I'll be sharing next week at the ACBS conference as well, kind of the work we'll be, that we're doing here as well. Um, and I would also say that anyone who is running a grant similar, where there's other pie states or other initiatives such as that, is just ways to be, you know, have join or be a part of a program that's bigger than the amount of money that you have. So for me, it was just a great opportunity to be a part of this because I know that from a budget standpoint, there's no way we could have funded stipends and all of the work that they were able to do. But from a focus standpoint of saying, hey, these are the, these kids here would do great in this program, or like bringing attention from there, I would love to speak to any others, Pi States or anybody else who has interest of how they can create long-term change with short-term money. Um, and I think um, that's uh, uh, something that we could, I could speak to if someone was interested in other Pi States. Or, so it sounds like you guys already have a whole bunch of initiatives going on that <laughs> we do. Absolutely. about this program. Great. Absolutely. I, I would say that if you're thinking of doing this, um, but you're, you're like, uh, you're, you're unsure or you don't think that this is the right fit for certain students, um, don't count them out yet. I would say reach out to us and come see how it works in uh, real time um, because I'm sure people in the district thought the same thing. Like these students can't do this or they won't be able to pass these curric this curriculum and things of that nature. But they all did it. Like, that's the one thing that we didn't highlight. Everyone who started um, finished. Mm -hmm. And they finished successfully. And it wasn't like a participation finish. They, 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 they did the work. Yeah. The scores are there. And so um, just have a little bit more belief in, in, in the youth and adults in your uh, district. And if you have any concerns, come see us. Terrific. Thank you guys for sharing with us about this innovative program. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to Yes to Employment, a podcast that seeks to improve competitive integrated employment outcomes for transitioned-aged youth and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today we spoke with Susan Brooks, Daryl Evans, and Montreal, Tennessee about DSP Academy. You can learn more about RCM at rcmofwashington.com and more about the District of Columbia Rehabilitation Services Administration at dds.dc.gov. From the Services menu, choose Vocational Rehabilitation Services. DSP Academy is quickly being recognized for the creative model that it is. It has been written about in the Washington Post, DCist, and WAMU, so just search on the web and you'll find plenty more. For more about Yes to Employment, including show notes, links to the resources discussed, a complete transcript, and a schedule of episodes, visit www.yestoemployment.org slash podcast. You can subscribe through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app to have the series delivered automatically to your device so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating on iTunes. Ratings will help us get the series in front of more listeners. Yes to Employment is a production of the Youth Employment Solutions Center, the National Training and Technical Assistance Center that serves as a hub of information and expertise for the Partnerships in Employment, or PIE, state projects. The YES Center is a collaboration of TASH and Transcend. You can learn more about TASH at TASH.org and more about Transcend at Transcend.org. That's T-R-A-N 
S-C-E-N dot org. You can receive updates from the Yes Center on this podcast and our other activities by following us on Facebook or on Twitter at yes to employment Partnerships in Employment is a series of seed grants funded by the Administration on Community Living's Administration on Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, made to states for the purpose of transforming state disability support systems to competitive integrated employment. AIDD is dedicated to ensuring that individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families are able to fully participate in and contribute to all aspects of community life in the United States and its territories. Music for Yes to Employment is an original composition and performance by Sonny Seferati, the co-director and autistic self-advocacy mentor at The Musical Autist. You can learn more about The Musical Autist at www.themusicalautist.org. Be sure to keep Yes to Employment on your list. We'll have another episode on competitive integrated employment for you in the near future. Thank you.